That's how the theme song goes. Welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. If you didn't know, this premier podcast, ladies and gentlemen, for the website cpluscomedy.com, where there's a whole bunch of comedy news, reviews, and other stuff like that. Okay, let's get right into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome. I'm the host, Chad White. <laughs> That's what I was supposed to say at one point. <laughs> I feel like I should start this over, but whatever. I'm already a minute in or something like that. Yes, I'm the host, and this is what this is what we do. It's an audio diary. Sit down, talk about things. So, supposed I'm so, sometimes. Let me get my words straight. I'm supposed to be. It's a constitutional thing. I'm supposed to be stating things and making not making sure and stating them as fact, no matter how crazy, no matter how absurd. Quickly, that premise was dropped mostly in the first episode, and now I'm here just talking about stuff, and that's why I described it as an audio diary. Uh, speaking of the stuff, the uh, things I want to talk about is the this past weekend. I had a Redbox Day of Deals, a couple of those, and I got two dollars off of uh, rentals. So naturally, I go to the I go to the Redbox. I got nothing else to do. I go to Redbox. I pick up two discs. I pick up. Uh, it, it came. It comes at night. It came at night. <clears throat> it comes at night. It did. It did. It did come at night. They were very right. It comes at night. It's a wonderful horror flick. Uh, indie movie it takes place in a cabin. It's pretty boring, and uh, <laughs> honestly, it's about I. I don't know. Actually, you know what? I think I don't know. It might there might be a virus of some sort, and the the world died off or something like that. But it's uh, it's it's not hard to describe at all. I'm just making I'm making uh, I'm making it too difficult for myself. It's uh, it stars Joel Edgerton, Edgerton, Charlie Abbott, Abbott from uh, he was in Girls for the first season, and he left Girls to to do some real acting. I guess uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to say that anyway. So we got um, uh, we so I watched the movie. It was great. I had a good time. It was it was scary. It was it was not what I thought it was going to be. Also, I'd only seen about ten seconds of the trailer, and I said, "Okay, that's enough. I got to see this movie. Can't wait." It was well received by the critics, <laughs> by the audience. People hated it. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was good, really good, and it, everybody should warrant it a watch if you can do if you can stand ch- small casts and. And very slow move, moving movies at a, at a pace that makes no sense for a horror movie, but it's an indie movie, so it kind of makes sense in a, in a sense of it. Anyway, the the other movie I picked up, I got two discs. I got that, and I got this. The second movie I picked up was Transformers: The Last Night. Now, I really, I I'm not gonna lie, I'm a I I wouldn't say a fan, but I'm very interested by the Transformers movies. I enjoy watching most of them. I don't like the second one. I don't think because of those two robots that are supposed to be uh, black and Latino uh, stereotypes voiced by Tom Kenny. One of them was, I believe. Uh, but I, I, I enjoyed the third one. I had a really good time with Mark Wahlberg's first entry in the fourth one. I thought the first movie was a really decent platform to start out on for a franchise. I mean, it was, I think the robots in the first movie were way too, the movie itself was way too dark. It was the saturation was, they, was Michael Bay really shoots movies in saturation and the colors in that one were off. You couldn't tell which robots which. Not not that I'm saying that you can tell which robots which in the newer the newer ones, but it's easier because I think they have the the saturation down to a science, a saturation science, if you will. So I I, I was ready to watch that. I was ex- I was excited because it's of it's just a it, there there's a step between blocks block blockbuster blockbuster movies and popcorn movies. 
uh, and blockbuster movies are the the stuff that it's okay to enjoy go to the movies spend you know your ten dollars i'm sorry people complain about ticket prices you're what 12 13 dollars i don't know i spent 10 you're 12 or 13 dollars on uh, have a good time just you know, sit there with a bunch of people and just watch this movie but transformers i would describe it as popcorn uh no wait what i say that's a popcorn yeah whatever anyway i it's it's a it's not blockbuster it's something that you put on you kind of make fun of and there's some, some cool things happen and then you ultimately it's forgettable because it's two and a half hours long that's a, that's one of my very biggest issues with that movie it's two and a half hours long i watched it comes at night at 10 o'clock on a saturday finish it an hour and a half and then at 11 30 i said all right i'm gonna i'm gonna turn this i'm gonna turn on transformers and i'm gonna watch probably a lot most of it and probably go to bed at one o'clock i i got i laid down i got about six minutes not even six minutes i got four minutes in when the the opening is lancelot and his crew were fighting i guess some robots i don't know i never really saw and and i fell asleep and i woke up on sunday at 7 30 and i said okay time to knock out this movie and i thought i'd made it very far into the movie because i fell asleep obviously and i was always i barely i turned on the xbox it says that i was only a couple of minutes and i went shoot well i guess i'll just not start over and just continue off where i where i left off and uh, i just uh, i guess optimus was floating through space or something like that and he had a message for his creator and honestly i don't know what happened in the movie there's it felt it felt like Guardians of the Galaxy. I did compared to Guardians of the Galaxy. I love this movie, but it felt like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, where wherein it was all the players weren't there, all the necessary players weren't there. The story felt very haphazard and put together, and it was trying to set up for something else. And it was, and I guess this 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 one and the one before it, Age of Extinction, I believe, and then this next one. That's coming out, you know, after the Bumblebee movie next year. I think it was, I think it's supposed to set up for another trilogy. And I think this is the middle of that trilogy. And I, I don't believe this is, it was really bad. I, I'm not a person who will say a movie's good or bad, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not a person that's just say, oh man, I hate this movie. And, or say, I love this movie. There's, I don't have those two barometers. I have a very large scale which is why I like Batman versus Superman. Yeah, there's a there's a, a lot of bad stuff in that movie, but there's a there's way more uh, things that I enjoyed, and and that's how I that's how I uh, if you go to cpluscomedy.com where you can read all these reviews and stuff, that's how I review things. That I don't I don't look at it as a whole and say okay that's it I I liked it or I hated it I don't do that because I think it's very dumb I think it's very asinine and juvenile to believe to say this is the greatest thing in the world or this is the worst thing in the world which is why people this is why people don't uh, this is why people enjoy Star Wars and don't like Simpsons because you know Simpsons is 30, 30 years old it has 500 some odd episodes you gotta like everyone to to either love it or hate it uh, or hate everyone to, to hate it and then you gotta love all of star wars you know except for the prequels because you're better than the prequels but no it's it's this is this is why i don't like star wars uh so i i think i believe so if you if you can approach something if you can be objective about it and approach it and take everything all the little parts of it and say at the end and say i didn't like this but i really like this this is why and this is and this is going to tie into 
the latter half of this episode <laughs> of I'm just going to skip the first topic I had. Uh, it was about Hanna Barbera, Looney Tunes, and Chuck Jones animation. I was I was watching a bunch of Looney Tunes this weekend, and oh Jesus, I'm sorry for hitting the mic. And uh, and uh, and it's just no, don't don't worry about that. So uh, Transformers, uh, I so so this so, so the Transformers. Let me go back to the third one. The third one was when they fought in Chicago and they destroyed half the city. And it's when the Earth knew of Transformers and then they started and they started hating them because they destroyed this giant this city. This giant battle destroyed the city. <laughs> Poor Chicago. But man, was it a cool fight? And that's why and that's why I gotta say for the two hours that led up to the to the twenty minute fight. It was it was boring. It was droll, and you were. It was great to see Sam uh, Shia LaBeouf, Sam Wickwicky, Wickwicky, uh, just in a different city and not in some small town or traipsing in the world because uh, with some racist robots and talking to some old transformer that had giant testicles. I think that's what it was. Was that was that the episode? Was that the movie episode? Was that the moving? I don't know. But uh, so it was it was nice to see him settled in the one place, even though he did have to travel for that one. It was nice to see all these people come back for one last one. Why is John Turturro there? I don't know. I I don't recall, but I think no, Stanley Tucci was in this one. Uh, But anyway, for so Transformers last night uh, too long. I also want the 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 writers room that they had. Uh, I don't think, let's see, Transformers last night, writer's room was one of the last things I Googled. The, the, all right, so, so the writer's room was a very big talking point for when this movie was being written a year and a half uh, before it was made. It was the, so the writer's room was led by Akiva Goldsman and included people like Robert Kirkman and Zach Penn and Lindsay Beer and Christina Hodson and uh and 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 this and just uh, a few other guys who were a few other people who were the who had all worked on big name projects before so so like uh let's see av club thank you for providing me with this link the uh the former daredevil showrunner steven denight was a part of the the writer's room so now the, the writer's room is gone <laughs> so don't so don't even worry about that they're not going to come back but when you when you have big name people like Akiva and like Robert Kirkman, you would think that the the movie was going to be somewhat decent. But when I go to something like Wikipedia and uh, IMDb, it's really showing me that the the writers, the quote unquote writers for the movie, were somebody named Ark Markham and uh, Matt Holloway, and then there's Ken Nolan, and each one of these people. Had, don't really have that many credits to their name. No offense to them, because I don't have any credits myself. But Art Markham and Matt Holloway also wrote the first Iron Man, which was okay. Thinking about it now, which is really okay. Uh, Punisher War Zone, which was also okay. It came out the same year. And then they're writing the Men in Black spinoff for 2019. So don't get your hopes up about that. And then Ken Nolan wrote Black Hawk Down, which is all right. Okay, good for you. And then uh, he wrote Only the Brave, which is coming out soon, I guess. I don't know. It's uh, I guess it's doing well so far, but it's not out all the yeah, all the way yet. So there you go. As of this recording. So so you got these three. You got these three guys. And then you have this uh, writer's room, and which leads me to believe that the Akiva Goldsman writer's room, which you don't know Akiva, uh, sorry, 
I keep doing this. Akiva <laughs> wrote, uh, he did stuff for Fringe. I think he created, I don't know. He did the Mr. and Mrs. Smith. He was producing that. He wrote Cinderella Man. He wrote Angels and Demons, the sequel to The Da Vinci Code, which he also wrote. He's in the uh, EP for the Paranormal, Paranormal Activity movies. He wrote uh, one of those episodes, the teleplay of Star Trek Discovery. So he's the, he, and he wrote that, he wrote Insurgent. Jesus. Oh my God. He also wrote The Dark Tower. Okay, so he's not really that good himself. Uh, so, so it was me to believe that uh, the Kirkman and Goldsman and all these other people were were just just developed the story. And when they say writers' room, I don't think they mean writers' room like the Daily Show writers' room or uh, the uh, the Family Guy writers' room. I think they mean writers' room as in they got these people together once or twice and for for minutes at a time and said, "What do you think would be?" Here's a story because they already had the story planned out. They said, "Here's a story. Do you think this would be good enough?" And then uh, Goldman and Lindsay and and Robert and Steve and the and the rest of them said, "Sure, why not?" And they all and what I think is why it's so long is they all threw in these ideas. And nobody, either either all the ideas were cut out or all the ideas were kept in because there's a lot of crap happening in that movie that just make no sense in the slightest. So I, so Transformers, when you, when you got stuff like this and you're putting all this stuff together, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, Bumblebee can suddenly speak, even though Mark Wahlberg, he, he mentioned that he had the voice box. We never saw him put it in. We saw him attempt to put it in, but we never saw him actually put it in. And then, but, but Bumblebee, even though he, he can speak, he continues to speak through the radios, which is annoying, which has been going on for 10 years now. Uh, Optimus was uh, without with that without explanation you have to which you have to guess for yourself he was changed i guess magically and now he and then the only thing to save him was bumblebee's voice <laughs> um mark Wahlberg counts this little girl as family only knowing her for two days is <laughs> the the little girl stays with this man even though she doesn't know who he is um the government wants to is hunting mark Wahlberg, but they they know where he is but they never arrest him sometimes and it's all it's all strange it's all very odd and peculiar peculiar and uh i don't know it's <laughs> i really wanted to like it there's so many, there's so many elements of that movie that that are just the the cast is amazing yeah of course you got the returning you know uh people that we've seen in the movies before but then you got stanley tucci uh who was <laughs> who was in the last movie but he's also playing merlin in this movie anthony hopkins which is like what uh, you got Gerard Carmichael. You got John Turturro, who is, of course, reprising his role from every other movie. Uh, I don't know why he was here. Tony Hale. I oh my gosh, it's uh, it's crazy, and I don't I don't understand. I don't I don't know why there are so many so many threads. Just make a movie, make it straightforward. There's the you can you have so much. You're wasting. John DiMaggio and John Goodman and Tom Kenny and Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi was in the movie as the day trader, as a transformer. We did, we, we saw him got to transform once and all he did was pop up and say, Hey guys, I got some weird stuff for you. All right, I'm going to leave. And then he left and that was it. 
they and god they just didn't explain a lot of things anyway i want to get off of transformers because this is really making me angry i'm disappointed in all the writers i'm disappointed in michael bay i'm disappointed in everybody that had to deal with that movie because it was garbage garbage too long garbage Okay, and I also want to talk about uh, good pilots versus bad pilots. Now, I'm not talking about flying planes or anything, guys. I'm talking about pilots on television. The first episode of a TV show is called a pilot. Pilot is essentially what is made to to show that the what the show can be. But anyway, the finished product is what makes it to the screen. So a good pilot versus bad pilot. So this year, uh, last year, I, I started doing the first look reviews. Of course, they're a hit. Everybody loves them. <laughs> no. Uh, no, uh, first look reviews are, uh, I think I explained this last week. I, I think I, I know, I'm pretty sure I did. First look reviews are the, I, I look at the first episode or three of a show, two or three, and then I, and then I write a review, uh, based on what I saw and, and what I think the rest of the show is going to be. And I just say, Hey, should you watch this or should you not watch it? So that's, and that's where, uh, should you watch this come from, came from when I, when I started doing reviews. So, uh, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of shows on television and I'm the one who's going to watch them and you're not. So here's, so the, so the difference between, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, I'll get into this, but the difference, the difference between a good pilot and a bad pilot is what it can do expositionally. Uh, Ghosted is a, it's a fine show. It's not, it's not great. It's not bad, but it's a fine show. And so when you watch Ghosted, there's a lot of exposition in there. It's a lot of, I'm a mall cop and uh, I'm a professor and we're going to get together and hunt for aliens and ghosts and mythical creatures and blah, 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 blah. It's, <laughs> it, do, it does a lot of that and it moves at a rapid pace. It's very fast. I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if you said this is not for me because it's going way, way, way too fast. So, so Ghosted is particularly, it's. To me, it's a. I think it's not a good pilot because I'm not, I'm not saying bad, but it's not a good pilot because it it's doing things and it's doing things at at such a at such a pace that it expects you to keep up with it. And at points, it's very it's throwing you a lot of information, and you're you're gonna have to say no, I can't do with this right now. Why don't you slow down for a second? But they don't. They never do. It's kind of it's an it's just, the show is basically basically an homage to 80s movies of uh, past. So. So that's that's a that's a that's a not a good pilot. But then if you want to compare that to something, uh, and it, but a, a show that also did the same thing was the mayor, but it did it didn't give you everything. Well, so what I'm saying is it gave it 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 did what it said it was going to do. It said it was going to make this kid the mayor. This kid is the mayor. Uh, it did throw you a lot of exposition. It did have lines like "I'm your mother and you should listen to me" and blah blah blah. Uh, and and then it did force him to choose between being a rapper and being a mayor. And so and obviously he chose the mayor part. Uh, but he can still be a ma- rapper, of course, a mapper. He can he can still go across the world and, and map things. But there was there's still but it, it, the way in which it handled that stuff, it did slow it down. Ghosted was moving so fast, but the mayor said maybe we should back up a little bit and they looked and they, and they tried to enter. They just introduced you to characters rather than try to develop them all at once in the first 22 minutes of the show. Uh, but when you want to look at a, a bad or very bad pilot nine JKL, which is a show that I hate. It was, it was a show that had cliche jokes, very bad writing. The acting was iffy, if anything. Uh, and I can't believe that uh, three of those actors are in the show. <laughs> and I'll leave that to you to guess which ones. So 
Nine JKL was just is just horrible. Same thing for Kevin Can Wait and Man with a Plan. Actually, I think Man with a Plan was better, and, and Kevin Can Wait were better, both better than Nine JKL. Uh, but they're but not by much marginally. Uh, but then when you want to see a good, I think Young Sheldon. Even though I'm not a fan of Big Bang Theory, Young Sheldon was a very good way to get into. Uh, the Big Bang universe. Even you can watch that show, even if you're not a fan of Big Bang Theory, and I think that's uh, wonderful. Uh, another first look review is um, Downward Dog was a great show because it, it's so it's such a a simple idea. You can you can it's a high concept. You can, you're able to if you have and if you haven't seen high, what a high concept is is you're able to describe the the premise of a show in one sentence, and it's very simple and it's very easy to understand. Uh, it's, if you could, so, so, uh, do, downward dog is a dog. It talks to uh, us via breaking the fourth wall. Like it's a mockumentary series and it's trying to live its life. There's a better way to describe it, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm rushed here. So I think downward dog uh, handled it very well, even though it got canceled. Um, I, another one is great news also did a, a fantastic job. If I recall correctly, it, it was able to introduce you in such a way that it made sense. Uh, as for there's Am the recent Amazon pilot crop in April, 2017, I think that, uh, Ooh boy. Nope. Never mind. I remember not liking a lot of those shows. I think Brock Meyer did a fantastic job at introducing characters, but Imaginary Mary did not. <laughs> so it's it's these a good pilot and a, a bad pilot can really stand out. So something like The Good Place, it's a fantastic pilot. It's it, it's telling you that there's going to be a, a very long season. Well, it's, you're not gonna say I'm not gonna say that, but maybe it's it's something that introduces you to the world. It gives you a lot of great character interaction. It gives you a lot of great characters. It also, while not trying to jump the jump the bridge, is that a saying? And and character development is also saying uh, we are going to be making these characters just a little bit better. Uh, there's like so when the show starts out, Kristen Bell uh, is she dies, she wakes up, she's finds out she's in heaven, the good place. And she knows she doesn't belong there. And so she has, she's dealing with this ethical dilemma. Does she tell somebody? Does she not tell somebody? All the while, she meets her soulmate. She meets her potential frenemy. She meets a silent monk. And so there's all these different facets of the show. Uh, and I don't understand what my notes say. My notes say from PCHH's Good Place episode. I don't know what that means. PCHH. I don't know why I thought I knew what that was going to mean. I. What is PCHH? Uh, Pacific Coast Highway Highland? Good Place episode. I don't... It was obviously it's about Good Place, but I don't understand what I'm saying PCHH. I don't know why I could write anything else out of time. Okay, anyway. Let's uh, let's finish this off with the favorite comedians of all time. And I got to be completely honest. I... I don't have anybody written down, but I do have someone in mind. And I did say it was going to be a woman. It's Tignataro. Tignataro is one of possibly the funniest people I've I've ever seen. I've never met her in person. I've never seen her live. But man, I think she's one of the the best comics out there right now. She's so the, her delivery is so <laughs> mnemonic, monomic. It's very monotone, very dry. Not everybody's gonna like her, but she is just such a, a lovable person. She 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 can pick apart 
any situation. She's a comic that can tell when she's on stage, she can tell a joke, but it's a 15 minute story and it takes her 30 minutes to tell one story. And she's got a great wife. They have a couple of great kids and she's definitely one. And, but I do, I will say that her acting on one Mississippi season one is uh, very choppy <laughs> at best. I'm not gonna say I could do better, but it's very, it's very strange to see her acting because <laughs> she is being herself. Season two, I assume has gotten better, but I've seen the trailer for season two. Yeah, she's she's definitely gotten better. But uh, Tig Notaro is one of the best comics out there today. You should follow her on Twitter because she doesn't control her Twitter. She gives it to other comedians. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know why I'm so excited about that. Uh, and uh, so anyway. So, uh, and of course she had cancer, blah, blah, blah. And she survived it and she got double mastectomy, but she's, she's definitely one of the, the better comedians out there who are able to take something so simple and something that, that just shouldn't work on stage and turn it into a, a big to do. It's something that, that she's a, she's a, she's a good writer. She's good at verbalizing herself, unlike I am right now. Uh, she She's uh, good at making herself the butt of the joke while also being at the forefront in the comedy. She was just on an episode of The Chris Gethard Show with Patton Oswalt, and the way that she would make fun of the audience, the way that she would make fun of Chris... It was, it's just something that she can, she can take control of a room and everything. And I just think that's a, a really noble uh, thing to have, uh, a noble trait to have as a comedian. Speaking of traits that are noble, I got to end the show <laughs> right now. <laughs> Very tired. I got Supergirl pause in the background. I got clothes that need to be folded. Let's get into the conclusion. If you like this show, if you like this, if you like the show, if you like my silky smooth voice, Silky smooth, he said. Why don't you head on over to www.cpluscomedy.com where we've got latest news, reviews, features, interviews, and other good comedy bits only I can provide you with. Later on this week, I will be uploading two interviews I had with comedian Jay Larson and comedian Janelle James. They're Of course, they're both comedians. Well, no, I've, I've interviewed composers before. Never mind, I shouldn't be. I mean, festival put-togetherers, so I shouldn't be saying that stuff. Anyway. Go read those. They'll be up later on this week. Jay Larson has an album coming out. No, no, a special coming out on Friday. And Janelle James, uh, hers already came out. Her album already came out last month. So go ahead and listen to her. Go watch Jay's special. It's great. I think it's very funny. And uh, he's a very funny guy. It's shot very well. It looks very good. Although, although I was watching an HD stream on on, Ven, on Venmo, on Vimeo. So anyway, go read that stuff. It'll be up uh, as soon as actually probably Jay's is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jay's will probably be up as soon as you read this or listen to this podcast. God bless it. I am tired. Okay. Anyway, uh, where was that? Twitter. If you like us, follow us on Twitter at C plus comedy. You can follow me on Twitter at Chad Black White. Like us on Facebook. Go to the YouTube page, youtube.com slash comedy, where you can get a weekly news show called News Time. This week's episode is about Disney's teaming up with Fox, 20th, no, 20th Century Fox, uh, Universal, Warner Brothers, Sony, Pictures Entertainment, and 
Oh, that's it. That's all four. All right. So there's five studios. They team up together to make your movies available on any streaming platform. Well, the four major ones, Amazon, Vudu, iTunes, and Google Play. So if you've, uh, it's just like Disney movies anywhere where if you bought a movie digitally or on a Blu-ray and you redeemed a code and you can, so you can have it digitally, then uh, now you can watch that movie from those participating, any movie, well, most movies from those participating uh, movie studios on any device. It's great. It's free. You don't have to do anything really, or you can just download the app as well. So anyway, go, I didn't explain it too well. So go, go watch that episode. It's really good. I think uh, not just because I made it. I think it's really good because I'm being honest and serious and I'm closing my eyes right now. I'm so sorry. Okay. Anyway, uh, continue to do that. And I love you and tell your friends to subscribe. Thank you for listening so much. Bye.